All right, Snack Attack crew, assemble. Feeling that mid-afternoon slump? Need a protein boost that doesn't involve boring protein bars? Well, let me introduce y'all to my new favorite obsession, wonderful pistachios. Y'all, these little green guys aren't just your average nut. They're protein powerhouses, packing a whopping six grams per ounce. That's over 10% of your daily value. And here's a confession. I used to be a cracker. You know, the kind of girl who enjoys the satisfying pop of opening each one. But let's be honest, sometimes convenience is king. And that's where their no-shell options comes in perfect for on-the-go snacking. Plus, they come in flavors like chili roasted and sea salt and vinegar. So there's something for everyone, even the picky gals. But here's the kicker. Wonderful pistachios are a complete protein, meaning they have all nine essential amino acids your body needs. So next time you're feeling sluggish, ditch the sugary treats and grab a handful of these green gems. I promise y'all they will keep you fueled and feeling your best, whether you're conquering carpool duties or crushing deadlines. And seriously, these are my go-to snack. I keep a bag in my purse. I keep one at the office. I even stash a few on the side of my bed for those late night cravings. This year, I want you to treat yourself to something delicious and good for you. So head over to wonderfulpistachios.com and explore their amazing flavors and sizes. Trust me, your taste buds and your body will thank you. This is Germany. And this is Brittany. And this is the Black Girl Bravado Podcast. A motivating and encouraging podcast where we focus on building community amongst colorful women alike. Join us weekly as we sit down and have candid conversations on various topics and issues surrounding self-care, self-love, mental health and wellness, spirituality, entrepreneurship, and much more. And trust, when we don't have the answers, we'll call on our expert homegirls who do. Our intention is to create a safe space for growth, inspiration, laughter, and love free of judgment in hopes that after you listen, you're a little more knowledgeable or at least a little more entertained than before. It's homegirl vibes here. Real, raw, and a little funny. A lot of fucking funny. So thanks for tuning in to the Black Girl Bravado Podcast. Let's start the show, cuties. Hey, homegirls, welcome back. Welcome back, bravado babes. How's it going? It's going good. How was your weekend? It's not going good over here. Oh, I know it's my not. That's just my automated <laughs> automated response. My weekend. Ooh, yeah, we're tired. What happened? Emotionally, we're tired. Nothing happened this weekend. Mm-mm. Um, Saturday? We yeah. did some content creating. Oh, that yeah. That's all we did, but... It's been a heavy weekend and a heavy week. Yeah. To be honest, can't even deny it. It has been heavy as fuck, Mm -hmm. which we're sure you all can relate over here in this community because we be on the same page. If we're not, if you're not, get off, get out the book. Yeah, just (laughs) put it back on the shelf. Get out. You're not reading what we're reading. Period. Ain't a book club vibe. So, yeah. How was your weekend? I had a pretty chill weekend as well, you know. Chilled on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Sunday, I went out for the first time. Had a, went to a little quarantine concert, mm-hmm. um, which was nice and a little healing, healing through music and fellowship. So that was cool. Something speaking, chill. Speaking of healing through music, I guess new week, new tea. Where we kiki with you and you kiki with a wee. So the verses, the healing verses took place this weekend on Sunday. Mm-hmm. <sighs> This has been the best verses yet. This was the best? The best. Better than um, Erica and Jill? Yes. Oh, wow. I need it to tap different. in. Ooh. It hit different, especially especially during these trying-ass times. Like, first of all, Kirk Franklin, Uncle Kirk is a go. Ain't no denying that. Fred Hammond, I'm not even going to lie. I didn't know all of his songs. I knew all of Kirk's. I knew I knew Fred's bangers, you know, right. his hits. Right. Um, But... They had. I'm gonna go back Marvin and Sapp. listen. What Marvin Sapp came in the chat? He can't. They, okay, so they were in the same spot. They did a kind of Beanie Man and um, oh, and Bounty Killer, Bounty Killer style. Yeah. They were in the same place. I like it that way. I love it that way. So there were no sound issues. Crystal clear sound. Did they? Did they sing a few of their songs? 
Fred for singing. Okay. You know Kirk don't sing. Because Benny Man and Bounty Killer. Yeah, you know Kirk don't sing. Yeah, I know. But Marvin Sapp sung. He did never would have made it. Oh, my, oh, don't talk to me anymore about this because I'm going to watch He it. did never would have made it. Tamala Man came on what? and um, sing, sung. Um, take me to the king. Take me to the king, bitch. Oh, my God. I had my hands up. I said, I take don't me. have much to bring. Take. I am torn in pieces and here's my offering. Take me. Wow. Take okay. Me to the king. I will be listening to that tonight. Um, we also got Take Me to the King. Once the what? Never Would Have Made It and Take Me to the King came. You were in tears? Yes. <laughs> I was in tears. I'm like, and it also felt like my soul had been taken to the laundry mat. Yeah. It was so refreshing. And I was like, oh my God, this is beautiful. Like, mm-hmm. we've been missing that. We haven't been able to be in church. Of yeah. course, I've been watching church on the live stream, but. The live music, I mean, well, that wasn't live, but I get it. It's just the essence of church music, gospel. Exactly. Range true, because that's how I was feeling yesterday. We were playing gospel music and the singers were singing. And I'm like, you know what? I've been missing hearing a live drum. Yeah. I've been listening. I've been missing hearing somebody say, Lord, I've been missing. <laughs> I've been missing. You know how yeah. they do that. G. Lord. Yeah, there was no live instrument, God. but the live vocal. Because we know Tamala, man, she, she effortless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Marvin yeah. Sapp as well. He tore it down. Okay? Yeah, oh, I can't me? wait to listen. And so he's able, um, Jesus be a fence. I mean, there was just. Song after song. Uh, we were in the comments. People, everybody was in the comments saying, yes, Lord. Use them, Lord. Lord. Praise <laughs> God. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. How many people were in this verses? 275,000. Okay. Smaller group. Yeah. You yeah. know, yeah. smaller. N- more niche we audience. We have all the secular. Yeah, but <laughs> but they, but um, Fred Hammond said that Kirk Franklin is a secular saint. <laughs> and then they also did, like, they played some of the, the songs they have with Kanye West, Ultra Light Beam. Mm-hmm. Fred Hammond has a song with Kanye on um, Sunday, sir, on Jesus is King. Mm-hmm. So they both secular saints. Mm, yeah, they were both <laughs> secular saints. I think they said that too. But okay, well that's good. I, I'm that attacking. that was the hi- that was the highlight of my weekend. That was a good part of my weekend. Good. That the versus battle, but we've been battling for real, for real. Like yeah. all jokes aside, this has been a difficult fucking week. It's been a difficult fucking year. It has. We've been literally, we didn't had our boxing gloves on this whole time. I'm like, put me, let me out of the ring. I didn't got my ass beat, got back God. up and got it beat again. Damn. I'm like, the okay, can beat. you stop? The stand knocked down nine times, but we stand up 10. The 10th um, time <clears throat> is tiring. Right. The tiring 10th. Yeah. Shit. Um, with the police brutality, last Monday... George Floyd, killed by a police officer. Mm-hmm. Like, we're tired. We can't take anything else. This was the straw that broke the motherfucking camel's this back. This was definitely the straw that broke the camel's back. The rebellion has started. It's okay. It's right being now. televised. Yeah. For show. For show. And you know, I mean, we need people to discuss what the fuck is going on and make some real fucking changes. Yeah. And the people who have been silent, we see you. We definitely do. We see you. And thanks, not not thanks, because you know what? This is what you should be doing. Yeah. To the brands and the big businesses who stepped up and said something about their stance on police brutality against black people and said black lives matter, period, poo. That's the first step. Because I saw another post and I was like, I agree with this. It goes, it needs to be bigger than saying Black Lives Matter. That's the first step for sure. And we appreciate that. But also get some black lives. In your businesses. In your Diversify business. yes. your um, executive your boards yes. and the people who are making decisions. Because I've seen that as well about Nike. They were like, Nike, this is good. But do you have ex- black executives on your teams? Right. Like, do you have black people who are running shit in your departments? Yes. That's what we want to see. That's black lives matter. Black minds matter. For real. Shit. Are we addressing the microaggressions in your company? Right. The employees that are getting away with this shit that are having to be checked by people like me who have to turn the Angela Davis on and off in the workplace. Yeah. Lord Jesus. I ain't trying to There's do that all the time. There's a lot of systems that need to be broken down. Mm-hmm. 
not just the government systems, the systems that are in place at these major corporations and these businesses. Yeah. It needs to be addressed. We're fucked. And we're and tired. And we're tired. More than anything, we are motherfucking tired. We're fucking tired. Both. That's what we tired of doing. We're so tired. And I'm like, you know what? I hope that people are listening. Mm-hmm. Open up your eyes. Open up your ears. Open up your eyes. Open up your ears. And open, open up, up your, your minds. And your heart. And your heart. Okay. Girl, today I was in Sprouts. Girl. We have curfews over here in Los Angeles having to be in the house by 4 p.m. They didn't send out the National Guard. And Donald Trump is ready, ready to turn the military against the civilians in this motherfucker. I was at Sprouts trying to get my groceries because we don't got time. Right. Like, we don't have time to get do what we got to do. Right, right, right. And this white person looked at me and said, hi. <laughs> I'm like, you're shaking in your boots, but shake. <laughs> shake. Shake, bitch. Right. Shake. Because I'm glad that they're feeling a little tight in the ass and a little uncomfortable. I'm glad too. I'm glad they're uncomfortable because we've been made to be uncomfortable for years. 400 to be exact. We've been uncomfortable. Shit. You know what I'm saying? So it's time for them to be uncomfortable. I totally am okay with them being uncomfortable. And uncomfortability breeds change. We know that. Mm -hmm. When when you're uncomfortable, you change. Yeah. And it's really sad that so many people, so many people who are allies or you know people who are on our side the hannahs have to be like that's what we call them yeah like so that, we have karen's and then we have the hannahs karen's yeah. are not on our fucking side no. the amy cooper call them amy's they're called karen's that's your general name for they're called racist right but people have been you know differentiating between white allies hannahs or Karen, karen's are the bad ones mm-hmm. and the hannahs are people who happen to be white you know who are on our side on right. our side so anywho um damn you made me forget what the fuck i was saying you were saying the hannahs were saying oh it's unfortunate that white allies or people who are with us the hannahs have to be like black lives matter i donated to this cause like when we got on a call today we got on a call a business call a business call and she was white you know and she was like I'm really sorry about everything that's going on, which, yes, you know, acknowledge our pain, acknowledge our struggle. She was like, I'm really sorry about everything that's going on. It's really sad. I just want to let you know that I stand with you guys. I've donated. I'm going to a protest. I'm like, okay, sis. Let us know. (laughs) Okay, Do that. You're an ally, but everybody should be an ally is what I'm saying. It's not, it shouldn't be no no differentiation, differentiation between this person and this person or being like, I'm with you or I'm not. This like, is like modern day putting up a little thing on your door when it was the Underground Railroad, yeah. like blacks can stay, stay here. here. Yeah. But I'm thankful for the allies, for sure. I'm thankful for them, too. I just want everybody to be a fucking ally. I totally this agree. Is a human we shouldn't issue. have to be holding up a flag like I'm an ally. It should just be right. general, like everyone's an ally. Right. Because you know what? If fucking dogs were being beat down in the street and suffocated, you know what? Everybody would be. It would be a real issue. Oh, everybody sure. would be out there. Yeah. It wouldn't be like only the do- all dogs matter lives. All lives dog. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It wouldn't be one group of people. Only the pet lovers out there. People right. would be enraged. Like I can't believe that fucking happened to that dog. Right. No matter where you stand on the spectrum. No matter race, color, creed. Yeah, for sure. You know what I'm saying? That's all I want. I want that same energy that you would give the pup. I want that energy too, and we deserve that energy. I seen um. I seen Noah, uh, Travis, Travis Noah, his name Noah Trevor. Noah Trevor. Oh my God, he had a video of like so many other celebrities who are like offering their commentary on what's going on right now, and he was like, you know, I wish people would be as enraged about Amy Cooper's dog as they were about like everything else. He was like, they were swift to take action. They were like, actually, we want our dog back. You know, they took her. They dog. took her dog in her job. They were not. He was like, it's one thing to lose your dog. He was like, but a white lady lost her dog. <laughs> he was like. They were not playing. They were like, we want our dog back. We're coming to get him tonight. Yeah. We will rehome him. They were not fucking around. And she deserves that shit. I know. Could you imagine though? If someone takes my dog, I'm going to be shook. Like, I can't even keep my, my dog. dog. Exactly. But you see how quick that, that, um, that, that dog sanctuary, whatever responded and was like, yeah, no, we're not, we're not fucking around. That dog life, that dog's life mattered. Yeah. It almost died in her hands, in her care. So we are not playing around. Right. That's the energy I we want people to have. We need that same energy. Be swift, quick, to action. The fuck are we doing? Yeah. And I hope they're sitting down and figuring it out. I mean, and I really hate to put all of my hope into 
the power that be's hands because they really don't give a fuck about us, even though we're protesting and making our voices be heard. Like, you know, but something needs some, to happen. Some sort of change. All change. A lot of change started just like this came from protests and shit being fucked up just like this. Yeah. So in light of everything that's going on, we want to remind you to rest. Mm hmm. Take some time away from social media if you oh, have man. to. You got because to. You yeah. have to. Yeah, you definitely have to because it's too much to take on all of this, y'all. We out here fighting in the streets and fighting online. Okay. We can't do it there's all. Been we so can't many, do both. There's been so many battles fighting, being fought online, and we've started to fight each other. God, we can't do it all. So just make sure that you're mindful about your consumption, what you're taking in, whom you're taking in, because mm -hmm. it's a lot. And just give yourself some grace. Yes, rest if you must, but don't quit. Okay, come on, <laughs> take it there. <laughs> take so it there. you know where else you can't quit on these ratings and reviews. Okay, ratings and reviews are extremely important for our show. It helps our show gain visibility. Um, it also says, "Hey, these bitches are lit. You should listen too." It helps amplify amplify two black voices. Yes, our message. And we fought for this. We fight for this. Okay, take it there, sister. Slash, I told y'all, sister soldier. They done made me a revolutionist. So, um, yeah, make sure that you pause the podcast. You can subscribe. Say something nice in the con. I mean, in your rating and review. Say something nice. Five star chicks deserve five star reviews. We definitely do. So, to show our appreciation, Brittany's gonna read our review of the week. I am, and this review really touched me. Come on, it was so sweet. Which one? So it says gratitude. This was um, cute. Coming from, sorry, drum roll. J is Bay. There we go. Mm -hmm. Hey, homegirls. I've been listening since I was about 18, and I just recently turned 20 in May. Happy birthday. Taurus gang, happy birthday, boo-boo. Mm -hmm. I'm so thankful for this amazing podcast. I've never really been a social butterfly, but you two beautiful beings never fail to make me feel like we're all best friends. From the affirmations to the tea on the worst of days, the black girl bravado will always lift my spirits and put a smile on my face. Love y'all. Love you. We love you. Thanks, and Jay. You growing up, girl. Right. <laughs> Our niece poo. You about to be 21. I can't believe. No, she she just turned I know, 20. but you know once we okay. turn. You know we love. I see what you're doing. Right. Hey, Nisi Poo, thank you for um, thank your Thank you so words. much for taking the time to leave this review and for sticking with us for two years. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. We love to see it. So, so Patreon, Patreon, Patreon is a platform that creators are using to garner support from their community. We have a, a nice close knit community over there. We share much more personal tea um, than we can give on this general platform. So if you like knit grit, if you like girlfriend time times 10, yeah. join us over there. It's a monetary journey, but you get a lot of bang for your buck. Yeah, we just posted some grounding affirmations, mm -hmm. visual and audio on there for our communities because we understand that this is a trying time. So we provided some useful resources for mm -hmm. that. We did our insecure recap. This was an amazing episode and we had a lot to say. Yeah. We're going to have our playlist going up. We got a lot happening over there. So, yes, the show the information is down in our show notes. And we have special um, grounding tools that will be available soon. Oh, yeah. Um, we do. Some things that we know you'll love. Our patrons are getting first dibs. We also just started our close friend story. Oh, yes. And our, patri our patrons are on it. So if you want to see what we got going on on close friends on instagram then get on over in patreon and mm -hmm. we'll add you yeah that's one of the perks so we're gonna shout out our new patrons to show our love okay let's get it okay we have imani hey imani girl what's good patrice hey patrice Janaea. hey Janaea. Brittany. Brittany. Benzamar. Oh, Benzamar. What a fancy love. fucking name. Benzamar. Love, love Benzamar. Hey, Benzamar. Benz. I'll call her Benz. Okay. Um, Ashley. Hey, Ashley. Welcome to the gang. And Nene. Hey, Nene. We love to Nene, see you. Nene, I believe. Nene. We love y'all. Thank you so Thank much you for joining us. Thank you all so much for us. joining us over on Patreon. We greatly appreciate y'all. We are approaching our year mark on patreon can y'all believe that <laughs> our We've patron anniversary for a year wow so Time flies when you're having fun man it does right yes. okay so um last week's episode episode 144 we took a lighthearted approach it was qtnas 
am I the asshole? So we did a Reddit special, which was really cool. We talked um, essentially about two articles Mm -hmm. and we just asked a couple questions, which included, am I the asshole? That's what we did. Um, And you know what? People have been telling me they are agreeing. Yeah, people have. They're agreeing with my my stance on this issue. So if you want to hear what we talked about. Someone said they would give the kids 25,000 each. Hmm. Good for them. Good for them. You'd be getting nothing in my book. My pocketbook is closed. So some agreed, some didn't. Some didn't agree. But if you want to hear my opinion and Brittany's opinion too, then make sure you listen to episode 144, QTNA, Am I the Asshole? Yes. So this week's episode. So this week. Mm-hmm. In light of what is happening and what has been happening, to right. be quite honest, because this ain't new to us, that we true to this shit. Um, we thought it would be fitting to bring on a mental health professional. A male mental health professional. A male mental health professional to help us discuss coping mechanisms for the trauma, the racial trauma that we are dealing with mm-hmm. right now. It's mm-hmm. been heavy. It is a burden. On us. And for we sure. need tools. And you know we all about tools for your toolkit. And sometimes we don't have all the tools. A lot of the times we do not. But thankfully we have friends that do and that can assist us. Mm-hmm. And that's what we did today. We called on a friend. And it's very special that he's a black male who's a mental health professional. Yeah. Because wow, we need more of those. Mm-hmm. And we value them. So we hope that you all find what you need with this episode, please share it. Yes. Please share this because our community needs it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Let us know what you think. Buckle up. Hold on to your titties. Let's get it. All righty. Okay, y'all. So like we said earlier, we are dealing with some real trying times, but these times are not new to us. Racial trauma, trauma in, g- in general. Racial injustices are something that we have been battling since we were stolen from our land and brought to this country. And so it's unfortunate that in 2020, we're still in this battle. But um, we recognize over here at the Black Girl Bravado that there is a mental health aspect that we have to take care of for ourselves. Because like we said, this has been a long battle. It's nowhere near over. Yeah, the marathon continues. Yes. I should have said that in my Lauren London. <clears throat> The marathon still continues. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, we we understand that we need help. Like, we need assistance with this. We yeah. don't have to go through this alone. And a place that we can find assistance is with mental health professionals. Yes. So, today, we caught up one of our mental health professional friends, <laughs> Alex Dorsey. Hey, welcome to the show. Hey, Alex. Welcome. Hey, hey, uh, thanks for having me on. Um, I, no, I really appreciate it. I, I thank you guys for the, the opportunity to share. Just like you said, it's a lot of stuff going on, and, and a lot of people are feeling a ton of different emotions right now. Yeah. Yes. And we love to have a brother on the show. Yes. Um, this month, June, is Men's Mental Health Month, so this couldn't be a more fitting time to have you here on our show, especially because right now the focus is on the racial injustices that our men face. We know that we all face them, but our brothers really, really, really feel it. So, um, Alex, just give our listeners a little bit of background information about who you are and what it is that you actually do. Okay. Uh, So, again, my name is Alex Dorsey. Uh, I'm a licensed mental health therapist uh, based out of South Central Los Angeles, uh, born and raised in Inglewood, California. Okay, um, Inglewood up to no good. <laughs> this time we up to some good. Some Come on, good. yes. <laughs> Come um, on. So I, I primarily work with children. Uh, I work at a nonprofit clinic uh, focusing within the South Central area, uh, working from kids, Watts, Compton, just everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of are kids that are really missed out by the system. Um, and then on the side, I actually have my own private practice um, where I see another set of clients. Uh, I primarily, even with my private practice, focus on black males. So mm-hmm. all the way from childhood to, you know, some some gentlemen that are way older than I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, just to deal with the really tough times that occur in life. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of all over the place, but the focus is really just to support everyone that I grew up with or the neighborhood that I grew up with and all 
the black man that needs support. We love it. We don't have a lot. We I don't want to say that there's not a, a lot of it, but there's not enough. Yeah, there might be a lot, but there's not enough. Um, thank you for the work that you're doing for real. because I haven't heard of. I know that it's going on out there. I'm just giving you kudos yeah. for showing up <laughs> and shit. Um, speaking to our men because it is hard. I don't even know what it's like being a black man, but shit, my empathy is there. It's hard being a black woman, so I know it's even uh, tougher being a black man. Do you do you come up or have discussions regarding racial trauma with your clients? Um, you know what? It, it's a tricky situation mm -hmm. for a lot of the. The men that I talk to, it's almost and unfortunately like a regular thing. Mm -hmm. So it may not come up in just a regular conversation unless there is a big incident that's occurred. Mm -hmm. So especially within these last two or three weeks with the killings of Ahmaud Aubrey, Breonna Taylor, and George Floyd, I've had those conversations a lot more frequently yeah. than you know before. Yeah. It's funny that you say that. Um, usually the conversations come up when something major happens. But I think the important thing to note with racial trauma is that it happens a lot of times with the microaggressions that we face in the workplace. It yeah. happens with the way we deal with people in our neighborhoods who don't look like us. It happens mm -hmm. with the way we feel like we need to silence our voices or we don't want to be looked at as the angry black woman or angry black man, or when we get pulled over by the cops and we're nervous and we have to take off our hats when we drive. Like it's an, a, a, like a culmination of many different things. All these day to day things create our racial trauma. Cause sometimes we feel like, Oh, you know, it takes these big instances. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, like you mentioned these killings of our brothers and sisters, but every day we're dealing with shit mm -hmm. that's triggering. Yeah. And we don't even realize it. We just internalize it and keep moving in stride. It's just like, oh, we almost take it like it's just a part of being black. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like if I'm in the workplace, I know somebody might say something to my hair. You know what's so funny? What? Somebody touched my hair the other day at, at work? work. At work. Right. And um, I kind of I didn't really know how to feel about it. I was like a little triggered it was somebody who was like a white older woman mm -hmm. she's kind of aloof always mm -hmm. and she was like germ like and kind of grabbed my hair and was like touching it as she was talking and i'm like Get this is hair. a little weird Cue it kind of it kind of felt like um a little like fetish fetishizing a little bit like mm -hmm. she was kind of just talking and like stroking my hair and i'm like in this this part in front of me on my shoulder and i was like why is she gripping my hair it was like kind of brief but it was so awkward i was like why would you come into my personal space like that right and i kind of battled myself with in that moment it? what about addressing it right yeah. like do i just let it roll off my back like oh that's just her you know mm -hmm. or do i say like you know you shouldn't be touching my hair there's moments where i say something against people who i really feel like mm -hmm. deserve to be checked uh -huh. um in that moment i was kind of torn i was like i don't know it was really weird it was really weird but things like that yeah you know what i'm saying like it's things like that so triggered trauma yeah <laughs> right right and no nah, we when we look at it um there's a lot of those little responses and, and some of the larger ones that create this fatigue mm -hmm. that we have yes um and you know just dealing day in day out with all this stuff there's this um this term racial battle fatigue mm. that came out um around 2003 by uh, william smith and what he did was is he studied the psychological stress of black males attending a predominantly white university. Mm. And they were talking about, you know, all these microaggressions that occur to them on a daily basis. And sort of what he saw was that all those microaggressions made them feel strained, mm. made them feel frustrated, made them feel a sense of loss. Uh, some of them even began to internalize, uh, the racism that was directed towards them. Mm. Outside of that, it created some physiological things. So whether whether it be nausea, ulcers, high blood pressure, like legit racism was literally killing them slowly. Yeah, yeah. That and, makes sense. Yeah, and so so when they looked at it, they saw that you know some of these black males were dropping out of school, and some people were saying like, oh, they weren't prepared. It's not that they weren't prepared academically. 
they have the brains to get there. Mm-hmm. The issue was dealing with the fallout of the racism that they experienced on a daily level was just too much for them. The environment. Mm. That's how I feel battling these white people day to day, the day I'm fatigued. I'm fucking tired. That's definitely like how I feel at work because there, there's only one other black person there. And I've been the only black person there for four years. And that is a battle. Like even today, like before I clocked into work, although we're working from home, I was feeling some anxiety and dread for how they're going to respond to what's happening. If they're going to say something because they've been ignorant in the past. Mm -hmm. And it was triggering. I'm like, why do I have to mentally prepare myself on top of everything else that we're dealing with in the world with my aloof or ignorant Caucasian coworkers? Like, why i shouldn't have to i shouldn't have to feel like that but it's the reality and it's how i how i felt and how i feel and the con- ignorant comments were made i'm like you know what i'm tired like yeah. i shouldn't have to battle in the workplace and battle on social yeah we're just triggered in so many and so many instances so many realms of space it's like god damn you walking down the street you're triggered yeah you in the store you're triggered you're online you're triggered it's hard to catch a break. Leave us alone. It's hard to catch a break. Yeah. Right, right. Hey, Bookies. We got something special for you. Are you ready to dive into a celebration of blackness that's as diverse as the experience it represents? Well, NPR has got you covered with Black Stories, Black Truths. This is a groundbreaking collection that's more than just a podcast. It's Revelation. What does black representation in media mean to you? Because to me... It's about breaking down stereotypes, challenging biases, and also showcasing the rich tapestry of black experiences. For sure. Absolutely. And Black Stories, Black Truths is the epitome of this celebration. Each episode is a living account of what it truly means to be black today. And it's told from a unique black perspective. And I feel like these aren't just stories like they're narratives of joy, resilience, empowerment, and also the incredible ability to create world-shifting things out of the struggle. Seriously, you'll hear about everything from pop culture icons like Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama, to discussions on vital topics like reparations, y'all. There's really no limit to the range of Black stories, Black truths. Have you tuned in yet? One of my favorite episodes is the one on how real self-care takes real systemic change. That's a must-listen. Yeah, I really think the hosts bring a tone that's celebratory. It's also informative and reflective, which I really can appreciate. Every episode is a journey. It offers a range of emotions and perspectives that keeps you hooked from start to finish. As soon as I turn it on, I'm like, "Mm." and let's not forget black perspectives haven't always been at the forefront of America's story. But now they are the story. Period. So this is not just a podcast, y'all. It's a collection of some of NPR's best episodes showcasing the brilliance and resilience of the black experience. And we know NPR is known for its commitment to diverse storytelling. But with them presenting black stories, black truths, I would say that this is NPR with the noir twist. (laughs) So what are you waiting for? Turn on NPR today and immerse yourself in a range of voices as varied, nuanced, and black as the incredible country we reflect. And remember, stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR, available wherever you get your podcast. Y'all, I think this is the year for me to really tap in and learn a new language. I took French in high school and then I let it go after the requirement was met. But with the European summer loading, I would love to have this language under my belt. And I know just the thing to help me with this. Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the language learning powerhouse that's been transforming lives for the past 30 years. Imagine a language learning journey that not only works, but feels like a seamless part of your vibrant and dynamic world. And listen, this is not just for the language connoisseurs. It's for the bold, brilliant, and beautiful women like us ready to embrace the world of languages. Say hello to effortlessly acquiring Spanish, French, Italian, German. I mean, there's over 25 different languages to choose from. Rosetta Stone immerses you in your chosen language, teaching you to speak, listen, and even think in that language without any translation hiccups. 
This process is as intuitive as choosing your next hairstyle, girls. Starting with words, then phrases, and before you know it, you're crafting sentences like a pro. I love it because it's designed for long-term retention, ensuring that your newfound language skills become second nature. Now let's talk about the real magic for a minute, true accent. Rosetta Stone's speech recognition feature acts like a personal stylist, but for your accent, giving you real-time feedback on your pronunciation. No more awkward language faux pas, just pure elegance. And for the woman on the move, whether you're on your desktop or using the app, Rosetta Stone seamlessly fits into your busy life. They have an audio companion and the ability to download lessons offline, meaning you can learn anytime, anywhere. And I have a secret for you. For a limited time, Rosetta Stone is offering a lifetime membership at 50% off. Yes, you heard that right. You get unlimited access to all 25 languages for the rest of your beautiful life. This is a deal that I don't think you want to miss. So why wait, sis? Don't put off your language journey any longer. Right now, BGB listeners can snag Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off by visiting rosettastone.com backslash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today. It's your time to shine, Buki, and Rosetta Stone is here to make your language dreams a reality. If you're anything like me, you are probably tired of spending all your money on takeout or you're over all the stress that comes with meal planning. Listen, Factor Meals is here to save the day. I mean, imagine this. Delicious, chef-crafted meals delivered right to your door, ready to heat and eat in just two minutes. Y'all, no more grocery shopping, no more chopping, no more dishes. Just restaurant quality goodness made with fresh high quality ingredients. I love Factor. Factor offers over 35 different options a week, including keto, calorie smart, vegan, veggie, and so much more. Whatever your diet is, they have you covered. Plus, they have over 55 delicious add-ons like breakfast smoothies and protein bars to keep you fueled all day long. And the meals are good. Every meal that I've had has been so good. And let's talk numbers. Factor is actually less expensive than takeout and every meal is dietitian approved. So you know you're getting the good stuff. You can choose as many or as few meals as you need from 6 to 18 per week. And... You can even pause or reschedule deliveries to fit your busy schedule. I prefer to use Factor for my lunch meals because that is the time of the day where I'm super busy. So I can just grab something out of the fridge and not have to worry about it. So why don't you diss the stress and step into your bravado with Factor meals. They're perfect for the boss babe on the go, the queen who values her time, and the woman who deserves delicious healthy food without the hassle. So are you ready to reclaim your kitchen throne? Head to factormills.com slash bravado50 and use code bravado50 to get 50% off. That's right. You heard me. I said 50% off. So go to factormills.com slash bravado50 and use code bravado50. Do not miss out, sis. And a lot of times, you know, when we when we talk about trauma, really it's that deeply disturbing or, or distressing event that occurs, mm-hmm. right? So... It could be physically, emotionally, sexually, natural events or anything like that, right? And if we, if it occurs for too long, it pro- can progress into something worse. Mm-hmm. And when, like Brittany, you were saying, like, it's, it's just happening for too long. Yeah. Um, really, people that are experiencing some of these trauma responses, imagine running a 40-yard dash, but the dash never stops. The clock right. never stops. You're running full speed at a level 10 and you just feel tired and mm-hmm. your body is breaking down. And it's like, geez, just like let it in. Mm-hmm. That way I can get some rest in this right. situation. We haven't been able to get any rest. <laughs> we haven't been able to get any rest, especially because I think um, what's been happening right now is pent up frustration. Like, on the back of coronavirus, right? We've already been frustrated that we've had to be locked up in the houses, right? Like losing jobs. Jobs have been lost. The economy has suffered. Um, There's a lot that's happened in the past two, 
going on three months, right? And then we have people like Amy Cooper, who's fully aware, fully aware of what she's doing. How to weaponize race and blackness. Yes. Yeah. How she she's sitting up here talking about I'm gonna call the police and I'm gonna tell them that a black man is threatening me and you know whatever she said. We saw that video. Then we got a police officer police officer killing George Floyd. We have a white man killing Ahmaud Arbery. It's just too much at once. And I feel like we were just like, you know what? No, we're tired. At this point, all we can do is be upset. We're tired. Mm-hmm. It's just pent up and it just exploded. And so now that's the result of what we're dealing with right now. This is true. So a volcano. Alex, how does trauma, I know you mentioned ulcers and um, other ways when the, the study was done, but how else does trauma show up in our bodies, like physically? What does that look um, like? So it, it can be uh, things such as um, decreased appetite, mm. you know, just having that feeling where, I mean, you, you just don't need anything. It could be uh, decreased sleep. Mm-hmm. Um it could be nightmares, replaying the event, flashbacks. It could be just a constant surge of like energy mm-hmm. in our bodies, you know, just, just feeling uncomfortable and having to move around all the time. Yeah. Um, and, and typically that's what we see a lot of times, uh, especially in like the work I do with the kids I'll get a referral from a school that says, hey, you know, you need to work with little Devin. He probably has ADHD, mm, right? Common. But when I when I look at Devin and I go through his family history and we talk about some of the things he's seen, he's having a trauma response. Mm. Yeah. That, that little boy has does not have ADHD at all, right? Mm. Um, it's just that we aren't necessarily taking the time to acknowledge our histories and our experiences to really look into where these different symptoms coming from. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll, we'll see a lot of that physically, um, emotionally trauma can look like anything. Mm-hmm. So whether it's anger, irritability, uh, fears and worries, a feeling of, of guilt, you know, that you could have did something differently or just being numb to the entire situation and everything around you. Mm. Yeah. And you mentioned Mm. that, um, kind of like a misdiagnosis with thinking that Devin had ADHD. And as I was reading up on racial trauma, they were saying that that's not in the DSM. Right. And so in a lot of, a lot of psychologists, um, aren't, educated about like racial trauma and how it affects the african-american community so they might not even notice some of the experiences that we've been going through as traumatic yeah another another thing additionally in in regards to like research a lot of these therapists the white ones are taught to like not see color or be colorblind so then they aren't sensitive to your issue because they're taking the all lives matter approach or there is no you know like Oh, I don't see color. This is just like a human condition vibe. Like, no, color is a real thing, which is why I needed my therapist to be black. <laughs> Dead right, ass. Right. Because if I'm coming in there, and then it's, it's also kind of hard to be like, girl, these white people at my job. Yeah. When they might just be looking like, okay, you're all out prejudice. That's the responsibility of the therapist, though, to do additional work and like, yeah, Alex said, to figure out to trying to figure out our experience like how we see the world how we navigate through the world and the things that are directly affecting us so that you don't think it's just adhd or you don't think it's something that it's not Mm -hmm. like come on i'm paying you to help me yeah like thinking about what alex said about that my sister it's no secret my sister is a foster mom to two young boys Mm -hmm. and they've seen so much like Things that children probably shouldn't see, probably shouldn't have, not probably, shouldn't have seen, shouldn't have experienced. 
in their short little lives mm-hmm. and everything that they do is a reaction to what they've been exposed to. Yes. You know what I mean? Nothing is like, these are just downright bad kids. Like, no, these kids are fighting back against something bigger and deeper that they've been exposed to that now they have to internalize and try to work through. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's, it's admirable to see people who stand with these small kids and try to figure out what the fuck is really going on because they had those little kids on those babies on medication. And my yeah. sister's like, no, we're actually not. She was getting, I'm not even going to tell her business, yeah. but she was like, <laughs> she was like, no, we're not, we're not doing the medication thing. We need to figure out like what's at the root mm-hmm. because they're misdiagnosing these kids. Everybody's yeah. on medication. Everybody's, you know, like p- filling these kids up with the medication, but not really figuring out what's going on. And what's really at the root is I've seen too much. I've heard too much. I'm hurting. I'm hurting. Exactly. Yeah. Right, right. And so, you know, going back to, to the point uh, that was brought up earlier, in terms of like education for a number of therapists, each school is, is a bit different. There is some cultural competency, competency requirement, right? But it honestly doesn't go far enough. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of therapists can actually sort of just skate or slide through mm-hmm. that whole class and not really get anything from it. And so, like you said, you can get those all lives matter, hella tone deaf therapists sitting there. And what I would recommend is advocating. Call them out. Yeah. Right. You know, I'd be like, Hey Sandy, how do you feel? (laughs) How do you feel about what's going on in the world? Right. And then that'll let me know if you need to be my therapist or not. Yeah. And, and honestly, before you even get too deep in with the therapist, I honestly tell everybody to shop around. Mm-hmm. You know, you are, you're a consumer. Like you said earlier, you're paying for help. Right. Then you should get the help that you deserve and that fits with what you need. Mm-hmm. And so if you're ever to a place where somebody just isn't on that same wavelength, then bounce yeah. and go to the next person. Period. As I bounce to the next therapist, boy. Yeah, I'm going to the next therapist. You can't, you don't feel me. You don't get me. You don't understand me. I'm bouncing. Uh-uh. So, um, oh, and another thing I wanted to say is that um, what I noticed in the research is that a lot of people who suffer from racial trauma are diagnosed with PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. And it's like, unfortunately, this is not post. Like, presently, I am experiencing stress right and so hopefully more therapists are tapping in and understanding that it's not ptsd my brother or my sister it's present which is still p (laughs) the different p (laughs) present tense distress disorder (laughs) i don't have present tense stress disorder right and unfortunately that that's a it's a terrible name that they give it and so just to, to, to explain it a little bit more is that there are qualifiers that we will put on a diagnosis. So let's say it was PTSD. We can label it as acute, meaning it was just that one incident that happened, mm-hmm. or we can label it as chronic, right. meaning it's continuously going on or okay. it happened over a long period of time. Um, honestly, don't know what they're doing <laughs> in terms of creating the next manual, um, you know, to, to change some of these criteria around into how to, how they're updating these diagnoses. Um, but no, I, I agree. Like you said, it's not stopping, you know, every week we're hearing something, uh, we're seeing something, whether it be a a killing that's shown on the news or if it's just a fight video that somebody sent us off a world star. Yeah. It's a lot of stuff happening. There's a lot. And we're taking it all in. Yeah, especially with social media. Some, and even, like, if it's not social media, just like you said, videos get sent to our phone. Like, I've decided not to watch the videos. Like, I didn't watch Ahmaud Arbery and I didn't watch George Floyd because it's already too much for me and the videos just take me to a very Different dark place. place. Yeah. yeah. Um, but sometimes, like, you know, in order to inform or just have conversations, sometimes unsolicited text messages come to your phone and it's like, okay, now I've been dragged into this. You know what I'm saying? So it's just, it's just traumatic, but we understand that we're dealing with trauma, racial trauma specifically today. Um, What are some ways that we can cope with this trauma? Uh, 
set boundaries for yourself mm-hmm. uh, would be the first one. So, just so you like probably you said, should stop Katie, responding in text messages. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Put them on do you not know, disturb and then sift through after. <laughs> That's what I do. I'm like, oh shit, I didn't even know that occurred. <laughs> so I'm not uh, seriously. I'd be a, a day a day late, dollar short. Bye. Right. And imagine like that probably saved you some emotional energy. And mm-hmm. I tell all my clients, protect your energy, protect your space. Mm-hmm. Tell your friends, yo, I'm not in the space to to handle anything. Don't send that to me. Mm-hmm. You know, put some blockers on social media if you can. Yeah. That way we don't allow those, uh, we don't allow that exposure into our life. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's generally my first tip. And, you know, it's difficult now because, like you said, coronavirus got us all in our houses. Right. And social media is really like our main way to interact with others. Mm-hmm. Um, so even if that looks like unfollowing certain pages, uh, temporarily blocking some people, Whatever you need to do um, to protect yourself, do it. And don't feel ashamed about it. Yes. Don't feel guilty. Right, right. Um, you know, you, you can't. I, I wish somebody would clown me for <laughs> taking care of myself. <laughs> the clown. <laughs> In the best way possible. Yes. Yeah, it's hard. Right. Um, other than that, I would recommend... Trying to be aware of how we're feeling. Mm. Um, when Mind we know better, we do better. Yeah. And it, it goes more into accurately labeling our emotions. Mm. So if you're asking somebody, how are you? I always tell my clients, don't tell me I'm okay. I'm all right. I'm fine. I want you to clearly use the words. Mm. I'm angry. I'm enraged. I'm sad. I'm pissed off. You know, I'm frustrated because that gives me a better sense on a scale of where you are. Right. Mm. And, and when we do that for ourselves, we can then act accordingly. Yes. Okay. There's I'm... nothing. Huh? No, I was about to say, I, people going to be asking me, how are you? I'm going to be like, I'm going to stop saying I'm good. I'm fine. I'm well. Right. I'm going to be like, today is not a good day. Yeah. I'm be upset. Honest. Yeah. Right, right. And, you know, again, you may only want to tell certain people certain stuff. Right, <laughs> so, right. Uh, but, you know, always, especially even if we just do it for ourselves, because if I know that I am sad, borderline depressed, then that lets me know that there's some things I should just not engage in. Yeah. Or there are certain activities that I could engage in to help myself feel better or get back to an equilibrium. Yeah. Yeah. Brittany, what are some ways that you're you're um, coping with racial trauma during these times? Um, I decide to, like Alex said, disconnect. Like I don't be on social media all day. Um, I meditate. I read. Um, I listen to podcasts. Um, sometimes. Oh, yesterday huh. I listened to the verses and that automatically got me into a better space. Lifted your spirit. Yeah. And, yeah. and I know they said that, um, the black community, um, relies on faith and faith God. a lot to get through trauma. And I recognize that that's not the only way. And sometimes it's not enough, but definitely that is a tool yeah. for sure mm-hmm. that I use. And, um, yeah, just laughing, having conversations with my friends on the phone. Yesterday I was on the phone just laughing and hee-hawing for, <laughs> for like an hour, like not talking about what was going on. Mm-hmm. Like, and again, it's like I'm aware of what's going on, but I don't have to talk about it all day. Right. So what about you? What are some ways you cope? Um, definitely being mindful of how much I'm on the web, mm-hmm. on the intranets. Uh, yesterday specifically, I mean, because... The George Floyd situation happened on the murder happened on Monday. So throughout the week, it's been getting more and more tense. And then towards the weekend is when the uh, rebellion started. So it's been even heavier these last couple of days. So yesterday was nice because I was away. Um, I really wasn't on my phone all at all throughout the day. Um, and there was live music being played. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. which was nice because I haven't been a, around live music with like instruments in so long. And um, there was like times where they were playing almost what was reminiscent of like gospel. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, I miss being in church, yeah. like that loud live music and like singing and stuff. So listening to music was really good and helpful. Like for my soul yesterday, hearing some good music, being around great people, laughing, interacting, of course, detaching from just kind of all of the conversations surrounding um, what's going on right now, laughing. Um, yeah, just, just in trying to enjoy each moment is what I've been finding most helpful to cope. So yeah, that's what I've been doing. Yesterday was a really good day outside of the sadness. So what about you, Alex? What are some things you've been doing? To yeah. Cope How are you taking care of yourself as a therapist and a black man? Um, Let's see. I, I've been playing video games with my wife. Uh, that's been cool. Yay. Um, I just had to go on a run earlier today after listening, listening to the orange man talk. Man. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So I definitely had some YG playing through my headphones. Come on. Um, <laughs> uh, I mean, one other thing uh, really was to, I mean, I honestly had to cancel some of my appointments. Mm-hmm. Um, again, going back to just acknowledging how we felt, I knew in the, the mental state that I was in, I would not be effective for my clients at that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, so my clients that were generally doing pretty well and were stable, um, I called them let them know how I was feeling at the moment and gave them the option to reschedule for later in the week. That was nice. um, and that that's pretty much been, been helping out. I love that. Since you are a child therapist, what are some coping skills that parents can give to try to implement with their children? Because mm. I know a lot of our listeners have children and they're kind of struggling on Talking how to have race. these conversations and also help them process their emotions. Can you, Share a few coping techniques for ski- yeah. for children. Yeah, I honestly think a lot of the coping skills that adults use, mm-hmm. children can also use. Um, so also taking them off the TV. You know, we don't know what ads or TV shows they may, you know, clip through mm-hmm. while they're watching stuff. Um, you know, checking on them about, you know, social media, you know, deep breathing, writing, art, you know, just some creative outlets um, are also great for children. Mm. Uh, There's a book that I actually use a lot, and it's called A Terrible Thing Happened. Um, Mm. It's by Margaret Holmes. And in this book, it's you can apply it to any sort of trauma. What it does, it follows this uh, character named Sherman. And he's a I think he's a raccoon. uh, My memory serves correctly. And so he's a raccoon. And Apparently, Sherman sees something, and we never know exactly what he sees. All we see is like a little caption cartoon bubble over his head with a bunch of scribbles. Mm. And what the book does, it talks about how Sherman began to respond after he saw the trauma. It talked about uh, him expressing his feelings through the, the assistance of a counselor at his school. It talks about his process in recovering from the trauma. That sounds like a great book. Yeah, it's it's, it's really cool. I use it with a lot of kids. Um, you can use it on, uh, or you can find it on YouTube. There's oh. like a bunch of uh, like teachers that do like story times, mm. and you can watch it with your kids and not even have to go out and buy it. I like that, especially if it's highlighting using a counselor to have these um, conversations with to do the work, which kind of normalizes therapy and speaking to someone at an early age, because sometimes, well, oftentimes, many kids don't speak with therapists, you know, unless there's something chronic going on or acute happens. So it can seem like a little scary that they're going to see a therapist or going to speak with somebody and their classmates aren't. So that's really helpful. Like, you know, speaking with someone is okay. No matter what age you age is, everybody needs to be talking to somebody. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> they do. Right. Not, correct. Not, I, I totally agree. Um, then also one of the other things I would recommend just for everybody is uh, to be a part of a group or to have your, your your tribe or your village that can help validate your experience. Mm-hmm. Um, being heard has so much healing power in it. Yes. yes. 
you know, you're having a conversation and somebody, you know, just, just clicking with you mm-hmm. brings so much comfort to us. Yeah. And so allowing, you know, your, your, your friends and your loved ones to, to talk, if you're in that space to listen, um, and to be effective, but really just to, to validate that, Hey, it's okay. I understand, uh, you know, things are crappy right now and we'll work together to, to help each other throughout the situation. Yes. Love that. We love a tribe. Lastly, right. <laughs> how can we as women, black women, support our black men during this time? Oh, uh, I honestly don't know what else you guys can do. Because hmm. um, we've been doing a lot, but we were ready to do no. some more. <laughs> Shit. No, 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 that's, it's, it's very true. Like, Honestly, the amount of text messages and calls that I've received these last couple of weeks from the women in my life to check in on me, mm-hmm. like, has been fantastic. I need to send and, out some texts. <laughs> and I text my coworker today, my black coworker, like, I'm here for you, brother. I appreciate you. I support you. I stand I with you. I see you and I stand with you. Yes. Right. And, and so things like that go so far. Um, we see so many expressions of love from from women all throughout life um and especially now like looking at that um the police officer in atlanta where she checked her fellow police officer when he was doing some wild stuff you know looking at the mayor of atlanta how she's taking control of the situation Mm -hmm. their police chief like honestly keep doing what you're doing and i appreciate everything that you are doing did y'all see that grandma who fell on top of her grandson no oh my lord lord she came out there she was like 92 years old big heavy set grandma you know right. a traditional mama mima and the police had their guns on this young boy talking about he ran a stop sign it was it was really a lot and he pulled up in his uh driveway and they were like get out the car get out the car and he had his hands up and his grandma came out with her um cane y'all and she fell on top of him That's what I'm he was on about. the ground and she fell on top of him to protect and i'm like look at us always trying to protect our we really don't play and even we don't she was ready to die over him we'll be complaining one moment like these men and then as soon as somebody tries to come against them we like hold uh, on uh, that's our men period those are our men leave them alone yeah not on not on our watch so um alex are there any more resources that you think may be beneficial we we know the book the youtube anything else um so there's uh another book called post-traumatic slave syndrome Mm. uh, by dr joy degray uh she really talks about how the trauma has just continued to pile up and every generation is taking on the trauma of the last generation um you know, in dealing with all the racist stuff that's happening in this country. Um, there's another book uh, for teens called We Are Not Yet Equal mm. by uh, Carol Anderson, uh, which is another book to read. The only other thing uh, I would recommend is, especially in times like these, take back power. And that can occur in a number of different ways, um, whether it be donating to you know whatever cause you want to support whether it be out there on the front lines to protest or even taking supplies to protesters Mm -hmm. uh making calls to you know people who are in control for the moment uh to demand your rights or even if it's just to to you know support your family uh the best way possible to protect them during this time when yourself um really take care of yourself first you know, you can't take care of others unless you do it for yourself. Mm-hmm. Just like they say on the airplane, in case of an emergency, put your mask on and then the next person. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and yeah, that would be my recommendations. We love it. Love that. Thank you so much, Alex, for chatting with us. We really yes. appreciate you and the work that you're doing. Again, um, can you please let our listeners know where they can find you? Um, he has a private practice, as mentioned. Yes located in the Los Angeles, Los Angeles area. So Alex, let them know where they can find you. Uh, so you can reach me on Instagram and Facebook at Alex Dorsey, LPCC. Um, 
my private practices in Torrance, uh, but everything is video chat right now. So that, that really should make a difference. Um, and yeah, yeah. Just reach me there. Uh, if you're ever looking to find a therapist, I know that the process can be very difficult and frustrating when it really shouldn't be. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm always down to help others, uh, connect with help. So definitely reach out if you need some support. Yes. We and ladies, that. connect your niggas to Alex. Yeah. <laughs> that's what yes. you, <laughs> that's yes. basically, if you've listened to this, tell your niggas, hey, go follow this brother. Yes. Connect with Please. him. Yes. Man. <laughs> Outside of that, we need you talking to somebody. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> So thank you so much, Alex. Again, we really appreciate you. And yes. please stay safe out there. Please, prayers. We put the blood of Jesus over you. Yes, shit. we do. Uh, no, I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me on. Thank All you, right, Alex. We'll chat with you later. All right. Thanks. Bye.